An ideal person stands in the center without leaning to either side. 君子终不偏，庸不倚。Welcome to Inside the Chinese Mind, the podcast for learning how to work cross-culturally with China business and with Chinese people, and about China business development. Your hosts, Dr. Helen Jung from Cambridge, United Kingdom, and Darren Fuchs from Thomson Gear Lawyers in Australia. Hello, Helen. How are you? Very good. How are you, Darren? Good. You and I we're touring the world today、uh, for our podcast. I'm in、uh, at Lake Como in Italy, where we have a house. And、Sounds、where are you, Helen? Lovely. Sounds lovely. I'm in sunny Cambridge. The sun's、oh, out. So, back home.、Uh, That's yes. <laughs> That's and, great.、Um, so, so if you hear some bells ringing in the background, you know it.、Uh, you know you're il campan.、Uh, you're around the sound of the bell. That's an Italian、uh, part of Italian epistemology that.、Uh, Most people in Italy relate to the sound,、uh, the the place around the sound of their bell, or around their piazza Roma, their central、uh, piazza or, or meeting area. <clears throat> and unlike the English that relate to king and country first, well, the Italians relate to their home area first, and then their province, and then their state, and then Italy last. That、Have、sounds lovely. Yes, yes that sounds lovely. Completely off <laughs>、yeah. the topic, and only because I'm sitting in Lake Como, looking at the lake at the moment. How do how do Chinese relate? Do they relate to country first or local province first? That's or- interesting.、Um, it's probably all at the same time, Darren. As we we talked about how the Chinese think differently,、um, that thinking changes. If、um, I am、uh, relating to my、uh, children,、mm-hmm. I I am、um, their mother. Yes.、Uh, when I'm relating at work, I am that role my work、uh, has given me. Yes.、Um, but then, if I'm outside China, I'm visiting a place.、Uh, I probably will look for people from my same hometown. I find that connection. I find my sense of belonging, who I am, and then ultimately, as now we're talking, is the first of October, which is the national holiday. Uh, week in China, so it's the seventieth、uh, anniversary since、uh, Mao established the new China. So there's a big celebration going on. People are all sending out,、um, "I love my country," you know,、um, <laughs> "I love my,、uh, I love China" posters or you know、uh, logos、uh, on their WeChat. Right. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a, a. Um, constantly changing、um, concept, and then yes, perhaps yes. for people like you and I, we will、uh, also ponder who we are and、uh, try to find out that ultimate meaning of life and purpose of life. As、yeah. as the every, every individual is different.、Uh, perhaps this is this comes back to the、uh, 中庸之道 which we, we call in Chinese. Yeah, which literally means the way of Zhongyong.、Mm. So this、um, perhaps is the first layer of the meaning, which means you in your life you、um, have your own purpose and you have your ideal, and then you stick to that. that yeah, you don't sway from that. Topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we should introduce, which is how do you Zhongyong? 
yes. which is uh, which is really the the uh, a in some way similar to Aristotle's doctrine of the mean. So yes, it's, uh, it's very Jung, much so. Yeah, yeah. And Jung is uh, if we take the Baker Jung model, Jung Jung is one of the five practical examples. Uh, which are the major examples that, that flow from the yin-yang epistemology that we've laboured about over the last four or five podcasts. Indeed. And uh, firstly, I think you're saying, Helen, that uh, there's three layers to the meaning of Jung-Yong. Yes. Uh, the first one, as we're saying, is finding your own way, finding out uh, what your life is about, what is your purpose in life, and um, stick to that, to that path, to that Dao. Uh, the second layer is in relationship with others, with the world, uh, with the universe. So um, Zhong means Zhong Zheng Ping He. So you remain in the center, as as the tagline um, Darren you so eloquently was um, citing. So you remain uh, standing in the center uh, at, at the core of who you are without leaning to either side. So you remain in balance and in harmony, be it your emotions. Um, you know, it's never regarded, for example, as a leader to be too emotional, too happy, yes. too angry, too excited. Yes. They're all regarded not quite uh, in the middle, the middle way. Yeah. <laughs> so we call it the, um, uh, the golden rule. Uh, in in the Chinese um, culture of how you behave and how you do things, and the third layer of the meaning, it yong, it's similar to yong in Chinese, which is application basically. Gotcha. So whatever the principle, they are only principles, they're only ideals if you don't apply them in real life. So. The third layer means that you need to be skilled or find out what you're good at or a position or a job and then fulfill that role and contribute to the society from that. Yes. And can I just remind our podcast that we're not talking about Confucianism here. We're not talking about uh, a philosophy that's thought of in the conscious mind. We're talking about epistemology uh, of the Chinese people, that is why they think how they think. Uh, epistemology. So we're looking at what's running in the background uh, in the operating system of the mind that makes uh, certain actions in business go a certain way, which is different to how Western uh, actions go. go. In other words, how, how Chinese act differently in business to Westerners. So that's where we're going, Helen. We're looking at the operating system of the Chinese mind. So it's like uh, using uh, um, Unix instead of uh, um, uh, uh, Microsoft. Microsoft. <laughs> Yeah. Sure, indeed. Yeah. So this uh, Zhongyong concept applies to uh, many aspects of the Chinese life. Um, Chinese would always aim to achieve a fine balance in work, uh, in their family, as well as in their social lives. Um, personally, one would strive to be in an emotionally neutral stage. So you, you're free from, you, you're mm. not overly excited, overly happy, or angry, or sorrow, or pleasure, because they all regarded it, they could be detrimental to your health. So yeah. you need to find that middle way. Oh. And also consideration for others should always be remembered and practiced. So we call it respect. So li, li. Uh, mm -hmm. So you show, show li. So you 
um, respect Lee is not quite law or regulation, but it's uh, the, how the uh, society works. And then you respect the senior, you have a heart that um, um, you acknowledge the higher forces or how the societies run. Um, so you put yourself in the right place. Right. Yes. That's like the social order. Indeed. So, uh, for example, in, in Chinese, um, at home, one should keep a balance between uh, respecting one's parents as well as keeping the spouse and children happy. So where in the West, perhaps most of our families are smaller units and we don't include yeah. our parents in, in this uh, nuclear well, we structure. Yeah, you tend yeah. To, Westerners tend to think of their families being themselves or their, t their children once right. they married, have their own children, or before that, if their children uh, themselves and their parents. Yeah, in in Chinese culture, it's very much um, uh, including the uh, older generation. So it, it is changing, but still, most of the uh, couples with children, if they can, on the weekend, they will visit um, the wife's family and also the husband's family. And then yeah. festivals like this, um, you know, there's Chinese articles. Now, uh, October holiday this week is going to be a whole week holiday. And right. the title of the um, social blog is, you have seven days. What's your excuse not to go and visit your parents? Oh, isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> and Helen, I think there was a, a period under Mao Zedong, for example, where the traditional Chinese holidays are all almost totally wiped out. Indeed. Uh, but now China's returning to all of the traditional holidays. Yes. Interestingly, for example, the mid-autumn we just passed, which is uh, the uh, what we call Zhongqiujie, uh, so mid-autumn mm -hmm. festival. Yes, the Mooncake Festival, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also the Tomb Sweeping, which is paying respect to ancestors. Yes. Um, so that's um, part of the reason is being practical because they realize having two or three week-long holidays is too disruptive and put too much strain on the public transportation system. Right. But also it's the uh, effort to restore some of uh, the traditions, yeah, yeah. Uh, bringing them yeah. back into, uh, into the Chinese, uh, Chinese people's lives, which is, yeah. which is very nice. Yeah, It is. And the, um, the New Year's period of one to two weeks is the period when you return home to see your family and there's a huge strain on the, the public transportation system. Is yes. that is that is this a second period now of returning home to family, etc.? Uh, it it is still the main one. It's as important as the Christmas holidays for us, or yes. the Thanksgiving for the American, uh, for the U.S., for the American yeah. people. Yeah. So it is still, and because in China there are millions and millions of migrant workers, so that is the time, the only time they get to, to go home? yeah to go home. So and to see their own children, uh, to see their children, to see their parents. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's unfortunately still one of the major. Um, I, I used to go. I call myself a contrarian. So I I, I still will go back home to visit my yeah. parents in China. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. I go either right before the New Year holiday starts or just when the holiday is about to end. Right. It's to yes. 
to avoid the uh, the traffic. But during during the holiday, Beijing is very quiet because most people have left Beijing. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah it's a better time for tourists. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this this doctrine of Zhong Yong, um, interesting. Alan, I, I in a bit of a research before our podcast today. Uh, I love looking at uh, where the uh, origin of epistemology comes from. This was actually a doctrine uh, or a similar doctrine which uh, Aristotle had, which was called the doctrine of the mean or the doctrine of the average. Um, it came to something fairly similar in that it was um, that that doctrine stated that excellence of character is a mean state that is average state, not being mean or or nasty, is an average state with regard to the to the having and displaying of emotions. All emotions are morally neutral. Character is shown by display, displaying emotions on the right occasions, not too often or too rarely, not too strongly or too, too weakly, for sufficient and only sufficient reasons. So that was interesting that Aristotle had a, a similar concept. That's part of Jung Jung. There's many other elements, but had as part of the epistemology that Aristotle was proposing 3,000 or 2,000 odd years ago. And of course, the Western uh, philosophy went a different way Right. So those elements that, were, that are now part of the Chinese philosophy. Yeah, no, that's uh, once again, Darren, thank you very much for uh, the solid foundation and putting together the research for this podcast. That's my um, history lesson for today. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's very interesting because I, I just think, again, you know, great universal truth could perhaps um, come into different cultures, different societies as, you know, different uh, ways to express itself. But ultimately, we all started from something incredibly similar. Yeah. 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 And so Jung Jung is, is firstly those things, the three levels you spoke about before. Yes. How did it translate into things like social order, Helen? Um, yes. Um, so um Jung Jung means um do something uh, you know you you keep a balance and also you do things in moderation yeah so um for example uh, in in the chinese life and home one should keep a balance between uh, we talk about you know between the spending time and looking after their parents the spouse and children if you know, also themselves, because knowing where you are, how you fit into this world is is critical. And but in the social sense, uh, one should always aim to achieve your own objectives without, um, uh, you know, harming others or using any extreme force uh, or means. So, in other words, you should be humble, uh, modest, and know your place. And you also know your own limit and you're also in, you know, ideally in perfect harmony with your true self, yes. with the society and nature and yeah. do things in a contented and balanced manner. I've got an example there, Helen. Perfect. Uh, I used to, I haven't recently, but used to play soccer with a number of Chinese expats in Brisbane, Australia. Right. Where on Saturdays we'd get together for a soccer game and there'd be people from uh, the Sinopec, CNPC, um, a lot of other, you know, China Coal, et cetera, who would all get together for a soccer match. It didn't matter what company they were from. It was all intermingled and there was no taking of size from from where you'd been before. And the, the collective order was actually being sons and daughters of the dragon, that is being Chinese. So mm -hmm. in that sense, 
there was no company against company uh, or males against females or other things. It was a collectivism, a Jung-Yung collectivism on the we're Chinese, so we all operate together as one unit. Um, and I remember my example of Jung-Yung is that in how the game was played. No one kept score. Um, everyone had fun. Um, everyone worked out what their part was to play in the match and how to play it. And in That's fact, perfect. I remember um, going to my, one of my teammates and I was playing right wing. Mm. And uh, I said, look, I, I think my job is to receive the ball from you know, behind mm. and then uh, play it uh, to the centre in front of the goal. A number of them came over and sort of talked to me about it, including people from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and they're instructing me how to get the ball best to the centre so a goal could be scored. Mm. So it wasn't important to them um, that the, the goals weren't scored against them. It right. was more important to them that I understood and knew how to play my part in right. the collective of that soccer match. That's wonderful. That's a perfect yeah. example there. Yeah, so I'm sitting there going, why are you telling me how to score goals against you? <laughs> <laughs> and it was because I was there to play my part. Right. So and it's actually a good feeling. If you're actually playing a part and you feel that you're actually part of that community, it's a great way to develop teamwork or or something that flows almost automatically because everybody knows what part they're playing. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, so this, uh, again, in the social order sense, Darren, this results in harmony in action. And yes. Um, you know, um, also you, you're standing in the center without leaning towards one side. So you're not too aggressive or too passive. So then yeah. you, you keep everyone else, everyone else is happy. So everyone yeah. in, in this um, perfect circle of harmony. So even though there's a dynamic balance, but yeah. because everyone is helping each other out, and it you is. all know what you're playing for. It's not about um, achieving or winning or losing. It's more about this this ever-going circle of support, friendship, a bit of laughter, um, yeah. a networking, have some fun time. You don't have to worry about who's senior, whose company's bigger, and you know what's what's there. So um, you're not um, having you know limitations or yeah. um, frustrations or social orders and things that you have to follow yeah and is it the same around a lunchtime or dinner table or is it uh different what happens there helen it could be different yeah it depends on uh again on circumstances so um but this um our other rules apply Uh, so our podcasts you have to be um please be patient and wait for the future podcast podcasts (laughs) when we talk about you know, hierarchies and, uh, um, you know, the uh, social, there is a very strong um, social awareness as in, you know, when the boss is there, for example, dinner table for banquets, if it's a formal banquet, Darren, you and I both have been to perhaps one too many. Um, I think a thousand too many. A thousand too many. <laughs> so you sit in order. Yeah. So who sits in the center of the table? Uh, even the way the Soviets was folded are different. Yeah. And the head of the fish and the tail of the fish, which they're mm-hmm. facing when they're served, they're all, um, but they don't really fit into the Jung Yung model. This, oh, okay. this yes. particular um, uh, program, if I could say. But, You've got um, an example yeah. 
Jung Jung about yes, of course. Um, so a typical example would be uh, when I in my uh, younger days when I first started working in China, I worked for um, a company where we would have a weekly meeting. Yes. Now, where you sit becomes a very delicate Zhong Yong manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to sit too far front because that means you're thinking you're you're too important. Mm. Uh, because you know I'm young, I just joined the company, so you don't want to sit too far front. But you don't want to sit too far behind. You know the the last row because that means you don't think this meeting is important enough. Mm. What you'd have to do is you sit in the middle, but sort of like the front of the middle, mm, to indicate, middle. yeah. So to you indicate that you think this is important, mm. uh, you know your place, and you're just giving it the right amount of attention. Yes. Can we talk a bit about uh, the elements of Jung Jung? And of course, once again, I just want to emphasise to podcasts: we're not talking about conscious thought here. This is actions that Chinese take. That result from the operating system, the epistemology we've talked about with Yin Yang, and we'll talk about Rushadao at some other time. Yeah. So, Helen, perhaps we could now, for podcasts, talk about the differences between Western style of operating and Chinese style of operating that results from Jung Yong. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I think for me, the first one is collectivism versus individualism. An example, I think, is probably our CVs, Helen, that my CV <laughs> is seven pages long. And talks about all the things that I've done, and your CV is, if you're lucky, it's one page long from what I've seen, and it talks about what you're part of. That's an interesting reflection, Darren. I was more when I commented on that. I was more uh, amazed by your achievements and things you have done. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, it's um yeah, perhaps a more um related um uh, comment was I did another um CV. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Because I, when I go to China, I sometimes take people through workshops on well-being, um, you know, yes. balancing personal and career um, relationships and things. So um, yes. I yes. gave them a um, CV and then I had um, um, the years of – so I would put in my um, PhD – in, in my um, academic qualification, I put in the PhD and my master's and then my university degree and which high school. And then they came back and they said, oh, Helen, it should be the other way around. So right. it should be where yes. you first, you know, your yes. your university. And then so I thought that, that was interesting because mm-hmm. the Chinese will see firstly where you come from. So time mm-hmm. concept for us is that where we where we are now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, in, the, in the Western sense. In it's the Western where we sense. Are now. Yeah, yeah. So what we have achieved up to this point, uh, where for the Chinese is where you come from. Yes, yeah. And that tells uh, other Chinese a lot about you. Yeah, indeed. Mm, yeah. So think- it's, yeah, it's perhaps this relates to uh, the other concept, uh, Darren, that uh, we're going to talk about is, uh, you know, I'm part of. I am part of something where in the West is very much of I have achieved. These are my achievements. Yeah. Yeah. So how did Chinese take it when a Westerner walks in and says, here's my seven page CV and I've done this and I've done that. And uh, this is what I can do for you because I'll add this value to you and and I'll make your organization better because I can do X, Y, Z. It's important in the sense that they will respect you. 
-hmm. and they know you're an expert. You're uh -huh. not just coming in to brag and then you can't do anything that you said you will do. Uh -huh. But then that opens the door. What's most important then becomes the relationship, becomes yeah. establishing a personal um, bond with the Chinese people. Yeah. Um, because if we can come back to our Zhongyong uh, understanding, is that they will assess, can you... Can we make this person part of what we are going to achieve? Yes, part of the bigger, the greater good. Yes, is this person going to be able to fit in and find their position to support the common goal? Yes. Uh, because otherwise this person can be as achieved as, as um, a Nobel laureate. But if this person cannot help us, then it doesn't work. If they don't understand how to fit into what we're trying to achieve collectively or if they don't want to cooperate or they don't understand how harmony is critical for the Chinese yes, as well as achieving the objectives yes. um, and then perhaps you will still have trouble so they will perhaps find another person who's slightly less qualified yeah, but can work well with the Chinese culture yeah 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 exactly yeah so i think that's nice of them to know that you have capability but there's two things that come to my mind one is the chinese saying that asking three friends is the same as asking one expert <laughs> yes a particular expertise might not be viewed as being valuable enough to pay for uh, but if you can show that you have experience in certain areas and you can bring that experience that will and will work with them on a good relationship yes. that might be something for which they will pay sure sure yeah yeah, yeah. and we're in western it's it's here's my experience i'm capable of this um i'll you pay you pay me for me to take that issue that problem with your hands and i'll go and fix it then i'll call you tomorrow and tell you what's done with chinese it's but i've got experience on this you and I can do this together and we can make the, the, the world of our organization or our collectivism, a collective group better than what it was by doing these things together. Indeed. Yeah. I think one works better than the other. Say, so, hey, Helen, how about we wrap up now and next week as part two of Do You Jung Yong, we might cover the practical aspects of how this plays out in business and dealing with Chinese business people. What do you reckon? Sounds great. Thank so you very much, Darren. Yes, thank you, Helen. So, podcasts, let's wrap it up for today. Zaijian from me. See you next week. Okay, Zaijian, bye bye. Bye. Thank you for one flight in China.